Hey there, friend. Welcome to the Having a Mom Moment podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Warner. This podcast is all about taking a few moments for yourself and reconnecting to the amazing woman behind the title of mom. You have so many plates spinning at any given time between your kids, your partner, your job, maintaining your household, etc., etc. But where does taking time just for you play into that? Let's spend some time together, you and me, right now. We're going to connect, tune in, and tap in to what makes us the incredible woman that we are. We'll nurture ourselves so that we can pour into those who can count on us. We'll also hear from other moms to learn about the ways in which they've tapped into alignment in their own motherhood journeys. Let's roll. We're having a mom moment. Hello, my friends. This week, we're doing something a little bit different with Father's Day coming up. I have brought on my husband, Mr. Having a Mom Moment, Ryan, and he is so uncomfortable right now because he does not like to talk. He does not like to say boo if he doesn't have to, so we're pushing him outside of his comfort zone, (laughs) and I'm living for it. Um, It's going to be fun. So, hello, husband. Hello. It's very uncomfortable to be here. (laughs) I guess we can start talking a little bit about our background um, and how we met. Do you want to go or do you want me to? No, no. I like the way you told us, Brian. He doesn't want to talk already. Okay. So Ryan and I met in 2005 in our sophomore year of college. Um, We happened to live in a co-ed dorm. Um, We happened to be on the same floor. We found out that we had a mutual friend um, by the name of Andy and... Shout out to Andy, not that he would listen, but shout out to Andy anyway, because um, Andy kind of connected us inadvertently. Um, we all would leave our doors open on our floor in an attempt to, you know, connect and be friendly and make friends. And uh, he came walking down. We were at the end of this long hallway. No one ever came down this way, um, but he was looking for Andy. <laughs> He popped his head in and said, hey, have you seen Andy? And I was like, nope. And as soon as you walked away, I was like, I'm going to marry that kid. And so fast forward, um, it's now 2023. We have been married just shy of 10 years. We'll celebrate 10 years at the end of the month. Um, so yeah, we've had a long journey together. A lot of life. Lot of life. 18, about 18 years of life together. Yeah. Relationships an adult. Our, yeah, our relationship is old enough to vote. Almost, right? 18 years this fall. So yeah, college sweethearts. And we've we've had a lot of adventure between now and then. Um, and he is wildly supportive of everything that I've ever done, which is, <laughs> is super sweet, including this whole endeavor. He's been incredibly supportive. Um, so that's, that's great. Anything you care to add? No, no. The story was perfect. You know you're going to have to talk, right? I'm going to have to talk. <laughs> He's so uncomfortable, you guys. Anyone who knows Ryan who's listening to this knows how uncomfortable he is right now and probably knows exactly what face he's making. Yep, they can picture it 100%. Yeah. So, I brought you on because I thought it was important to uh, kind of have you echo your experience with the self-spouse-spawn theory and how it has been um, so beneficial in our relationship to one another, but also in our relationship uh, with our children and parenting our children. So, you know, they've got my side of the story and how I take time for myself and how we have an arrangement that allows both of us to do that. But what does that look like for you? And, you know, how does that kind of feel for you in your life as a dad? Yeah, self-spouse spawn, which, you know, a little, a little catchier than self-spouse child. Um, I think boil down is is very simple. It's very... You know, if I'm not good, then we won't be good as, you know, partners, which means we won't be good for our children. Well, I'm very routine oriented. I like to wake up. I like to go to the gym. I'm sure many people, including my wife, would call me a gym rat. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that's that's my meditation. That's what I do. I am a better person, a better individual, a better probably husband and father if I can get to the gym. Um, just kind of get it out. It's my my therapy, if you will. I think the reason it works so well for us is because you are happy to go at stupid o'clock in the morning. I think it might be a little different if, you know, you were trying to dip out at, you know, 
five o'clock every day to go for an hour and a half in the afternoon, which is like peak parenting time when you have working parents. Um, so I think that's part of it. I know that you like to get up and do it first thing in the morning, but... Um, it, it makes a lot of sense. I don't know if I've always been a, a morning person, but... You know, we get how many hours a day with our children? You know, maybe one in the morning, but we're all getting ready. Maybe two to three at night. Mm -hmm. So if I can go when they're asleep anyway, and I would just be either sleeping or not doing anything, I can spend more time with them, spend more time with you. What's yeah. Up? Yeah, I definitely appreciate that. Uh, it makes life easier because it gives me the space in the morning to do what I want to do um, for my my own self time in the self-spouse spawn equation and i will say sometimes if he's not feeling up to it he'll skip the gym and it's not his fault but it does throw me a little bit it's harder for me to get out of bed when there's another warm body there who is not getting up um and then it's harder for me to just kind of move about our space when i feel like i need to be conscious of him still sleeping <clears throat> again it's no fault of his it does work better for us both when he does choose to get up and go in the morning um, for us to both start our days that way. And I think it is good that we both take the time before our kids are even awake to take that time for ourselves. So we're, we're centered and we're in a better place starting our days that way. Um, once our children get up and are raring to go. Right. I will say this man is so committed to it that, um, with our first, this was pre COVID. I have to sing his praises because he was always great at waking up with me for every every feeding um and we may have gotten into a groove where we were switching on and off i don't remember but um he would get up because i was exclusively pumping and not direct feeding through nursing we would wake up when the baby would wake up and i would pump and he would feed her a bottle from a previous pumping session so that whole thing would take you know about 30 minutes instead of me having to do both and taking an hour and me losing out on an hour of sleep my point being because he was doing this with me the gym that uh, he was a member at at the time was open 24 hours. So that was like a three o'clock. Yeah, yeah. I think thing. I think once we nailed down a schedule, it was wake up at two, I'd leave at three or 2.30 to three and then get back at like five. We do another feeding session then I'd go back to sleep. Yeah. So this fool in the stuff. middle of the damn night would be going to the gym because he was like, I'm up anyway. I've already been up for 30 I'm minutes. And nobody is there. It was great. Yeah, so that's commitment. But I think it's also commitment to, like, your own needs and, like, honoring your needs versus especially, like, in the crazy newborn stage. And I will say, looking back, I didn't really have that for myself. No. Um, because I didn't see it. I don't know. I didn't. I wasn't prioritizing myself um, in that way at that well, time. Most new parents don't. Especially new moms, I can imagine, don't. Yeah. Which is interesting because it may have led into some things that, you know, I had a harder time with later on. Um, to be fair, you you are all of a sudden in charge of a new life. Yeah. So it is hard to prioritize yourself when... Yeah. And it was easy for me. I mean, because again, he was making a choice to go when I was going back to bed. Like, it wasn't impacting us at all. So I was like, hell yeah, go. Do it. But anyway, just to say his commitment to it... Uh, has been longstanding and I think has helped him in being a strong partner. And as everybody wins if I go to the gym, <laughs> everybody wins if he goes to the gym. Okay, I think that's fair. Yeah, and I'll notice too, you know, every once in a while you'll kind of fall off. I do. The I, horse I, I, and... I lose motivation sometimes, um, sometimes for a week, sometimes for a month. I think I've gone three months without going at times. Um, it's been a while since it's gotten to that point, but I think, you know, when you start to lose motivation, you can kind of start seeing it before it happens or early, early on. And I think you see it too, mm -hmm. you know, so I think it, it's easier to get out of once you can kind of pinpoint what it is. Can you give any advice to someone who, and again, this is probably largely women listening to this, but if someone is thinking, you know, maybe we'll give this theory of self-spouse spawn a try. Um, any advice to maybe, you know, new dads or to women and how they can support their husbands? I think the 
biggest thing, especially with us, was communication. I can go to the gym whenever, but I wouldn't want to do it where it would impact you having to do more work and vice versa. With the, with the children. With the children. And it's not that easy for everybody. I mean, some people like to golf. Well, it's hard to golf at four in the morning or five in the morning. Sure. Um, but, you you know, you still find times. And, you know, we have a neighbor who likes to golf. He'll probably go once a week. Um, but now that his kid is five, he takes his kid with him. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe that's what it is. I, I think, you know, you kind of, you you know your partner. You know what they like to do, what they want to do for themselves. And although we don't keep track of a lot of stuff, it's not like a tit for tat. Like right. We're not counting diapers, who changed the last diaper. Right. Um, it's it's maybe, well, can I go golf on, on Saturday? I'll come back and take the kids and you can go do whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. And I use golf as an example. It could be go golf, go have a beer with some friends at a brewery, go for a bike ride, anything. You know, maybe maybe it is more of a tit-for-tat thing in that aspect because I wouldn't want to go do something leaving you somewhat resentful because I'm doing something for myself and you don't have the time to do it for yourself. Yeah. But you also have to make sure your partner takes that time to do something. Yes. And I, I've, I remember harping on you about doing something for yourself and you yes. just not doing it. We can talk about that a little bit because I think it's, I, I think a lot of women especially are good at prioritizing people over themselves. Absolutely. So they might hear this and go, great, I really think he should dive into that thing that he enjoys. And then catching themselves going, wait a minute, I'm not doing anything and now I feel a certain type of way because now they're taking time for themselves and I'm over here mad because I don't have a thing or I'm not taking time because it doesn't seem like it fits. Right. And it doesn't, you know, you don't have to have a one thing. I mean, try some things out. Yeah. Um, I go through different phases, but I'm pretty heavy on like meditating and journaling right now. Um, And that's really good time for me to center in the morning and get myself uh, in a good space to tackle the day. But sometimes I just need to leave for a little bit. And I thought it was very much because I was an only child and I was used to being independent, but I'm also learning because in human design, I'm a projector and I need rest. And sometimes in order to rest when you have children, you have to leave the house. And I'm not saying go lay down and take a nap, but for me, what that looks like is taking a drive. Like I love just taking a drive alone, Um, especially if it's nice weather, windows down, maybe stop and get a drink, you know, a, a, a pop. If you're in Michigan, stopping at a pop and go for a drive and just like bask in the wonder that is driving outside of traffic and in the sun and you know whatever like that that's great for me and that is rest for me and that is self-care for me um and that also you know communication is key because for the longest time I thought she was just getting away from me because I did something to upset her I would all you know ask when she got back what happened what did I do or are, are you mad are we okay no we're fine okay yeah, and I hope that everyone is in a place in their relationships where they can have those conversations. Um, it, it was a lot for us early on, and I think it happened mainly before we were married. But I was like, I'm not mad, I just need to leave. <laughs> it's not you. And that was even pre-told I'm like, I'm not mad, I just need to go be by myself. Because for me, that was restorative to just have the time for my brain to kind of run at its run at its own speed and, you know, run through its own thoughts without having, like, outside feedback. And in, in Ryan still, we've it's been a little while, but I think we were having um, some struggles with our oldest and um, just some of her reactions to things. She was having she was having a hard time managing her reactions to things, you know. And we were working on that with her, but sometimes things would really escalate. And for me, there was one time where it was just too much. Like I was just maxed out, and he looked at me and said, "Do you need to go for a drive?" And oh, he yeah. uh, and he allowed me the space to not only exit the situation, but like leave the house and take care of my own needs. He was like, I have this under control. Take the keys, go. I think that's one thing we've done very well at. If if our oldest is escalating, if one of us is escalating with her, the other one seems to stay down. On, you know, have the right frame of mind, not escalating with her. You know, it... I can't think of a time where we've both been escalating, all three of us escalating, including the kid at the same time. Yeah. And then having the awareness to tap out when you're like, this is not positive. Because it's hard to regulate a child 
when you are also not regulated, mm-hmm. you know, because um, th- their behaviors can be triggering to you for a multitude of reasons. Because they are the exact same as me. <laughs> Ryan is realizing our oldest, who's, she's such an amazing little being, but they're both very stubborn about things. So sometimes things come to a head and they're, it's like watching like two rounds, just like headbutt, headbutt, headbutt in a battle. Um, and mom has to step in and be like, okay, we're good here. Like I, I don't have skin in the game. I can, I can work through this. Um, but I think that's a, that's part of the spouse thing too, is really connecting and being in tune with one another and being able to read the other person when they're not saying anything. There's a lot of nonverbal communication that goes on. And sometimes it's a look and sometimes it's just a feel. Oh yeah. Of like, uh, this situation is changing in a way that's not favorable for one of us. And, you know, if, if you weren't in your good space, you know, self-spouse, then you wouldn't read that or, you know, yes. you wouldn't be able to step in. Yes. Vice versa. Yes. I think that's so good. Because it's not like, you know, my child is not, you know, planning a temper tantrum tomorrow at four o'clock. It's, right. It's very spur of the moment. It's out of nowhere and you just got to deal with it as it comes. Yes. And... I think it's easy to think that men may not need this time or that men maybe just naturally take more time, especially if they're working outside the home to like, oh, I'm going to go grab a beer with the guys or, oh, there's this golf outing I'm going to go to or whatever. Um, but to, to not see the men's needs in the same way that the women have the needs of taking care of themselves, they look different. Some people, they can, they're very good at decompressing on a 10 minute drive from work to home. Yeah. I mean, it, it helps. It helps when I worked out of the home. Um, that is one of the downfalls of working from the house. You don't have any decompression time. You know, I get off of work and my child is upstairs waiting for me. Yes. So there's no decompression. Yes. Can we talk about that? Because I think that's important too. Um, and I think that's a thing that women who stay home with their children also need. Like Absolutely. they're not working, but they're doing the work, mm-hmm. you know, with their home with the kids all day. And yes, you've also, you know, been at the office, but giving each other that time to disconnect from that part of the day and move into the second part of the day. Um, I think that's important too. I do notice that. And what's interesting about Ryan and I is um, for the first couple of years we were married, we both had long longish commutes um and so we both had that time to decompress we were able to sort through our own feelings on the drive home and then usually set it down pretty quickly after Mm -hmm. we got home and then ryan and i moved into a situation where we worked at the same company for eight years and our commute was a lot shorter and it was together and we did not have a clear cut you know like it spilled over, and I think we probably could have done better about putting boundaries in place about when we would stop talking about work. Because not only did we work at the same company, it was a small company, and we worked in the same department. Um, and then there were times over that eight years where we ended up working directly together in the same capacity, like on the same accounts. It was very, very close. So there was very little separation. Um So looking back, I think we could have done a better job at times of, okay, here's the clear cut stopping point for this we're not going to let it spill over into even though we're working from home especially once COVID happened we were working from home the lines were very very blurred Mm -hmm. but building in the this is where this part of the day stops and this is where like family time begins or partner time begins and what do you need in between to transition do you need 10 minutes in your car do you, do you tell your husband, like, I know you need to go take a walk around the block before you're ready? Or I'm going to start doing that. I'm, I'm just going to leave my computer and just go in the car and sit for 10 minutes. You know what? If that's what you need, <laughs> I can speak from a woman's perspective. But, like, what do you what do you think? No, I, I think I think it's important if, if you can't, especially when the kids are younger. Like, right now, Emerson is pretty easy. You, you know, you go upstairs. She, she's happy to see you. She's... You know, kind of entertaining herself. But when she was younger, that's when it was really starting to get a bit rough. And I think, yeah, it, it's, it could be as simple as a 10-minute walk. It could be as simple as, you know, taking your shoes, switching shoes, putting slippers on. Who knows? It could be yeah. anything. It could be yeah. something simple. Because at some point, it's going to be like Pavlov's dogs. You do this, you're completely different. You're, you're parent instead of worker. 
And are we talking about specifically like when you're working from home, making that yeah. shift? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's important. I think remote work is amazing and I'm a huge, huge fan of it. But there are implications and things that we don't think about. Um, a lot of us were not planning on working remotely and then our jobs just switched on us, which I'm very thankful for that it happened. But we were not prepared for that transition of work living in one place outside of the home. And now all of a sudden it's in our home mm -hmm. and how that can look inside your family dynamic. I think it helps with us that we're, we work downstairs and we live upstairs. Yeah. I think there's something to be said about designated workspace. I know not everybody has the privilege of extra space in the home. Um, we sold and moved states and bought um, in 2021, um, knowing that we were working remotely. So we were able to look for a home with more space. So we are fortunate. I recognize that. What do you think you would suggest though, if somebody did not have like an extra bedroom, like we lucked out, we actually do have two extra bedrooms because of the layout and the way our children, our six-year-old has insisted on sleeping in the room with our, with our baby. Like we have the space, but what if you don't have the space? I would find a way to where you cannot see your computer screen from where you're living. If you spend a lot of time on the couch, try not to see your computer screen. If you can, you know, or, you know, if you do see your computer screen, put something over it. Yeah. Turn it off. Maybe you actually just need to not see your computer. So maybe put a blanket over it. I don't know. Whatever works for you to not think about that email, what you have to do tomorrow, what needs to get done in terms of work. Mm -hmm. I mean, that that's personally what I would do. You know, I, I am fortunate I could just go close my door. Yeah. So. Create separation of some kind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Getting so then, it as far away, like out of your bedroom, if you can get it out of your bedroom, would be ideal. Because at our old house, you could see it. You could see your workspace from the living room and it was not. Like, I think we changed sides of the room. That helped a little bit. Well, it was, it was like the situation was evolving. Yeah. Like we knew we were working from home for a little bit of time and we didn't know it was going to be permanent. And then until they said it was permanent, like that's when we kind of rearranged our house mm. and I took over our guest bedroom and like you moved into the space downstairs. Yeah. yeah. So we were able to work with it, but yeah. in those first few months when it was like on our dining room table and we have a former coworker who's become a friend who. I'm pretty sure is still set up at their dining room table Oh yes. and it's been three years and it's like, I no. And and you saw emails from him sometimes at three o'clock in the morning because he was like, Well, I was up. I had to go use the restroom and we saw you know, I saw the computer. It's like, nobody. So do you think that falls under both self, spouse, and spawn? Like having those clear where do you think that falls in the continuum of self, spouse, spawn? I would say mostly with self. Okay. Cause if you feel like you're expected to work after hours, if you know you're not getting paid for the after hours, of course, then it's it's draining on you. You know, it's yeah. it's if I was expected to work or kept seeing work and I kept running over to answer an email real quick when I'm supposed to be either hanging out with you or hanging out with the kids, I mean, it would be, you know, it's on me. I'm not at my best. I'm not at my best for you. I'm not at my best for the kids. So I would I would say self. Okay. Yeah, I and then get... with spillover. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Which is what this whole thing is about for us. You know, we kind of joked about it, but like the more we've like internalized it, we're like, no, this is really good that, you know, mm -hmm. we're not hinging our value and our happiness on one another. The partner is just adding to it, not the source of it. Now we absolutely will rely on each other when we're feeling, you know, low or depleted in some way, you know, and sometimes the one person is just exhausted mentally and needs the other person to kind of step up in a different way. Um, but again, that's where that communication comes in. But if you can get yourself as good as possible first, you're going to be good for everybody else. And that's why it's not selfish. Yeah. It's because you are filling your cup so you can pour into yeah. others. It's like, it's like the airplane when the, the oxygen comes down, you yeah. put yours on first yeah. and then you put everybody else's on. Yeah, I think you're also setting, like, a really good example for your children. Like, making sure that you do honor your needs first. And it doesn't mean that your needs trump all, but it means that there is space for them to be considered first. Um, right. Yeah. Right. And it, it's not a 
you know, it, it's not a secret. I mean, Emerson knows I wake up before she gets up and goes to the gym. Mm-hmm. She She's 100% aware of it. She sees it on Saturdays. The gym opens a little bit later after she wakes up. She'll see me go. She sees me come back. This is interesting, though, because she knows that you get up and do those things. I, we have not talked about this. This is just kind of coming to me. So she sees dad doing those things. She doesn't know what I do in the morning before she wakes up because you physically leave. She's not seeing me do that necessarily, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I wonder, we talk about setting an example, I wonder but you, I wonder if, if she's you, internalizing that at all. Or if you did the same thing every day. Like I can go to the gym. I can do anything in the gym. I don't have to like explain to her what it is. Mm-hmm. Like she knows I go to the gym. I exercise. Some mornings you'll wake up and you'll journal. Some mornings you'll wake up and you'll do yoga. But I'm doing that before she wakes up. Right. So she has no idea. Right. Right. Yeah. But it's 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 simple to say dad goes to the gym as opposed to mom sometimes yogas, sometimes journals. Yeah. Sometimes meditates until she falls back asleep. You know? <laughs> hey, that happens like once a month. Relax. <laughs> uh, there's danger in meditating laying down first thing in the morning, people. Um So I think I think it's interesting that it's coming up. Yeah. Uh, do I start to have those conversations? Like, this is what I do in the morning when you're still asleep. Why not? I'm coming from a place that I think society teaches little girls oh, yeah. to grow up to be a certain way. And I am very deliberate about breaking down those things that I don't think serve girls or women in general. So I I need to think about... How, yeah. Yeah. Huh. I think we do, in general, a great job. I think I could just be more mindful about how I'm taking care of myself and showing that to them. Yeah. And that, yes, it does usually happen in hours that you're not awake and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But I think we're a good model for them of spouse. Self and spouse. Um, but, I mean, I think the marriage. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and this wasn't going to be a marriage talk necessarily, but I think... If, since we're talking about modeling things, Ryan and I get along very, very well. He's very easy to get along with. He's very hard to upset, very slow to anger. The only time I've ever seen him like actually mad was with the lactation consultant at the hospital after the birth of our daughter. Ryan like never gets mad, but he was ready to punch this woman. Um, it, in the moment, it was not funny, but looking back, it is kind of funny. He's not going to punch her. Let's... No, no, no. He would never, he would never lay a hand. That was a figurative punch, but he was done. He was done with the whole situation Absolutely. and done with her. And when day. she tried to come back in the room, like, just straight daggers out of the eyes. like. But to that point, um, I, I think we really try to model healthy communication with, like, in front of them. You yeah. Know? You know, I, I think we are pretty open about what we can talk about in front of them, especially when it comes to the two of us. Mm-hmm. Yes. But I think like just demonstrating that respect towards one another and because there is true respect between us. It's yeah. not like something that we have to fake and there's genuine love and care. Yeah. Yeah. This sounds braggy, but I just, <laughs> and it's not, I mean, <clears throat> not every marriage is perfect. I mean, ours isn't perfect. We, you know, we have yeah, ups and downs things, like everybody yeah. and, I don't want this to feel like a, a braggy... Oh, no, 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 no. I think our marriage is great, but just like every marriage, you know, it takes work, it's ups yes. and it's downs, you, yeah. you know, pick each other up, you sometimes you're just not getting along for a day, two yeah. days, Oh yeah. week, you know, oh, it happens. I think on that spouse note, there are times where we're just having a conversation, and not even anything about, like, anything particularly serious, but we're realizing, like, for some reason we are just not seeing eye to eye today, like, we are just <laughs> not on the same page, and... We'll just set a conversation down. We're like, this yep. is not working for whatever reason right now. Like, we thought the other person would receive it differently than they are. And we neither one of us means anything malicious. But, like, that's just not the day for the conversation. Like, planes will not fall out of the sky if we don't talk about this matter today. So, like, why don't we come back to that later? Like, and I think that's something that evolved as oh, well. Because I think yeah. early on that would have been angering. Yeah. Like, you don't have a conversation. You want to finish this conversation? No. Now it's just like, yeah, we're not... I'm on this page or on that page. We were, we'll, we'll come back. Well, when we come back to it, we usually like, there's usually another factor at play. Like I was exhausted and I was fried over this. Or you were like, I, you know, like I was coming from this place, but not conveying 
you know, how I actually felt or what I actually meant by it. And usually when we come back to it, it's like a non-issue. I would say 90% of the time it's a non-issue. So, yeah, I think even giving each other that space where you're like, oh, let's just, let's just come back to this. Like, this is not. And you remember, like, I'm not going to do anything to upset you. You're not going to do anything to intentionally upset me. So it's really just. Yeah. Make sure you're on the same page. Yeah. Have a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think we joke that like we don't take things too seriously, but maybe we do because we're like it's maybe us being like it's not that serious is taking it seriously because we're like this doesn't need to be a fight, this doesn't need to be an argument. Like this matter is not that big of a deal, and it, what's gonna matter in a week? What's gonna matter in a month? What's gonna matter? You know, most of it will not. Exactly, and then carrying that over with your kids too. With Emerson, we had a lot of. Um, we didn't realize until she was probably four. Like, we knew, but we didn't know, like, what to call it. So she had these sensory um, processing issues specifically around clothing that was very challenging <laughs> to work through in the morning because almost every morning was a clothing meltdown. And... And she wasn't old enough to pick her own clothes out, so she didn't know what felt good and what felt not good. So we were picking clothes out that we didn't know she would, would not like. But sometimes these would lead to, like, very heated situations where, you know, she's melting down and you're like, oh, my gosh, it's not that freaking serious. Like, we're talking about a shirt. But, like, to her, it is very, very serious. But, you know, where you can, pausing and going, like, this will not matter in a week. Like, it's it's not that serious. Um, we've only been parents since 2017. So, like, we're not new, but, like, we still have a lot to experience. But Oh, yeah. And there's no harm in saying that I did things the wrong way. Sometimes and changing mm-hmm. the way you do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you definitely learn about yourself a lot, and I think you learn about your partner a lot too. Um, I knew long before we decided to have children that you were going to be an excellent partner and an excellent dad, and like you definitely proved that, but like in ways that I wasn't expecting, you know. So you can imagine somebody being a good parent. But until they're doing it, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's different. Yeah. I thought he was just going to be like a solid dad all around, but like, I had no idea that he was going to be up with me, you know, in the middle of the night, every single time handling all these things, you know, and, and just like really standing by my side as I was transitioning and, and dealing with postpartum, you know, all the things that happen right after you have a baby and like just there for all of it, you know, and. In such supportive, supportive and kind ways, even when you're like, I don't know what's happening right now. Kind of on that note, can we talk about, did anything about fatherhood, like, surprise you about yourself? Not a lot. Now that I see my daughter becoming me, <laughs> it's a little scary. Yes, my child is as stubborn as I am. That's a little bit scary. Um, for you. It's not scary for me because I'm like, yes, she's well, going to be a strong independent woman. Well, you know how to, how, to, how to handle me. Now, therefore, you know how to handle her. It's, <laughs> it's kind of easy for you at this point. Um, how much I don't care about a lot of other stuff. Oh, yeah. Elaborate. My circle is is relatively small. So friends, you know, there are very few By things. By your own design. That is well, not... <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I, as, as you've mentioned, I'm a little bit of an introvert. I... Just, just a little. I'm not one to, to walk into a room of people I don't know and leave knowing everybody. Ryan's the guy that finds the dog and wants to spend the time with the dog. To that be, He's that guy in all the memes. That's Ryan. To be fair, the dogs find me. It's true. They do. But anyway, that's him. They know I'm a sucker. The things that can truly affect me, the people that can truly affect me, that is a very small group of things, people. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of stuff I just don't care about outside of that circle. A lot of it doesn't affect me. A lot of it won't bother me. And can I say, Ryan is not an asshole. I, I think coming out of some people, you'd be like, that is arrogant as hell. And that guy sounds like a dick. Like, it's it's not. You're not. You're kind and no, courteous I, I to would, everybody. I, if somebody called me and said, I need you to do X, Y, Z, I would probably do it. I yeah. like to help people. I like. Yeah. I mean, even if they're not within that circle that you're Yeah, in, no, yeah. no, no. But if. If so-and-so said, oh, I don't like that guy for XYZ, like, okay. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. Unbothered. You know, very few things can affect me, especially now that I have a family. You know, like, yeah. Like the priorities are myself, my wife, my kids, my friends, my extended family. But yeah. 
Yeah, I think that comes with age, too. I have this conversation a lot with Mary. Um, Mary will be in a future episode. Uh, not not the Mary I talked to, a different Mary who is, you know, early in her 30s. You know, I kept telling her, I was like, because I'm about six years older than her, I was like, just wait, just wait. Like, you're going to set a lot of this stuff down. It's going to feel really good. And now she's about to have a baby. And I'm like, just wait. Like, the stuff that you thought mattered, you're going to be like, I don't have time for any of that mess. And you're going to just, it's like so empowering. And I think um, that's... I, you know, not caring, just, it doesn't matter. So, therefore, it's like, I don't care as much. Yeah, yeah. Like, if my football team doesn't win, I'm not happy, but I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna, you know, like, get on message boards and trash people and show anger towards people. I mean, yeah. I'm gonna... You're not, like, kicking the cat or... <laughs> no. He, w- he would never, but you know what I mean? Like, there's no, like, <laughs> Like, Yeah. It's more of a, oh, that stinks. Okay. Oh, geez. That's not ideal. Yeah. But you've always been very even kill, so that doesn't surprise me. Not always. I don't, I don't know what happened, but a few years into our relationship, some change happened, and I I guess became... he, just, he just died a little bit inside. <laughs> sounds like something your dad would say. It sounds like something my dad would say, totally. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. So just to summarize, uh, nothing surprising. You just, you're very um, focused in on what like truly like matters in your world. And like, there's just not a whole lot of space or energy to designate to the things that that don't. Yeah. I think that's fair. I think we all kind of go through that evolution. Um, And I think it's good when you're like, you know what, that really actually doesn't matter. You've always been really good about that. I tend to let things get to me that are really not that important. I'm getting better about it, um, more so as the years go on. But you've always been very like, Psh, it's not that serious. I'm easy to, to let things go. And not in a dismissive way, you know. It's very much like, I see that this matters to you. I'm going to hold space for you. But, like, I'm going to be here to ground you because I know at the end of the day, like, it's going to be fine. And this isn't as, um, you know, wildly important as it feels right now and once you move through it you're gonna be you're gonna be fine too and I'm just gonna hold space of fineness until you get there yeah um yeah he's great balance for someone like me so is there any other ways that you it's very easy to kind of lose I I think it's more of a mom issue um because moms are kind of expected to take on this whole persona of selfless mother but I'm not saying that there aren't dads who kind of lose. You know, it's it's huge deal to like become a parent and having to, in in ways, put yourself second behind your children. Something happened with one of the kids, and I couldn't go to the gym. Then so be it. Of course, you of know, course. It's... So how do you, outside of the gym, make sure that you're staying like tapped into like who Ryan is? That's who I am. The gym. Jim uh, <laughs> and he dogs. sounds like the biggest d bag, but I promise you, he's lovely. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's a little more simple. I think maybe it is in general because guys don't take on the same like level of expectation of change. Yeah, the expectation is, I think media has, has made it seem like guys do absolutely nothing. So they get applauded when they do the littlest thing. You take your kid for a walk and it's like, oh, look at that great dad. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of bullshit. Agreed. There were no expectations. If, to me, I don't feel like I had expectations placed on me sure. bigger than the ones I put on myself. Okay. You know, I expected to be a father. I expected to communicate with you. You know, I, I didn't want you to take the full burden of having a child. It's our yeah, child. We right. made this choice. Um, so if maybe if you were nursing, the nights would have been different. Yeah. But you weren't. So we talked about what we could do to make it more even. And that's what we decided on. You know, I would... Feed and change, you would pump. Pump. Um, when it, you know, when they grew older, it was all right. If they wake up between this time and this time, I'll handle it. If they wake up between this time and this time, you'll handle it. And yeah. that time that you were handling it was my gym time. Yeah. Which made sense for me. I mean, yeah. It's it's about being flexible with almost everything and communicating what you need and yeah. what I needed was that time for me to go to the gym and you know reset yeah and if something's happening and she needs me to come home i'll drop what i'm doing and come home yeah i mean there are times occasionally too our our second daughter had more 
I feel like she has had more stages of like sleep regression, you know, and you're like, why are you waking up right now? And there would be time because I also, on top of having my me time, like I tried to get myself completely ready for the day and in the time before they wake up. So if one of them wakes up early, especially mainly the baby, the baby's the problem when she wakes up early. I'm like, I can't get ready for the day and me being ready to walk out the door. Like that's the first step in everyone else being ready. You know, like I, yeah, if, if you're delayed, it seems like everybody Exactly. Is so there are times when she wakes up during my time and he's gone and will not go back down that I send him a message like, could you wrap up, please? <laughs> could you come back? I need some help. Yeah, so I you can know? handle her and then you can do what you need to get us back on track. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of give and take um, in making this work, but you've got to kind of drop the tit for tat. But I think if you're both tending to your own needs as evenly as possible and knowing that it'll ebb and flow and that it could look differently depending on the other external factors in your world at that time. But holding space for yourself and then holding space for your partner to also take the time to meet their needs. So if there is a mama to be listening who could share some tidbits with their their spouse, their partner. If you could give a piece of advice to get back to a new dad, what would it be? About about anything. I mean, self or children or your your wife, whatever. I feel a little bit like a broken record. I think communication is by far the biggest thing. You know that this might make you happy and this could be whatever it is for you. Um, you, you can ask for help you can talk about it like hey i'd really like to start doing this how can we work it into our schedule to where you won't feel burdened mm-hmm. by it mm-hmm. that's the i mean that's the last thing i would want for you is to be burdened by something i want to go do thank you for feeling that way by the way <laughs> not everybody feels that way um, but yeah and then just don't be afraid to ask for help yeah doing that you know and, and maybe that's help from your spouse maybe that's help from friends like mm. Mm. let's just go do something and maybe, again, maybe just go for a drive with your friend. Can we talk about guys asking for help? No. <laughs> I made a post very recently about building your own support. And it was very much focused at kind of the women heading this. Like, because when they talk about a village and, like, the village isn't really built in. You know, you need a village. It takes a village, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I'm talking to women. And I'm talking about how women can ask for the support. But, like, can we talk about how guys, for just a minute, like, guys don't ask for help a lot of the times. Correct. Where could they ask for help? Maybe it's not asking. Maybe it's just texting, hey, got time for a phone call. Yeah. And having your spouse, like, hey, can you watch your kids for 10, 20 minutes? So you mean, like, reaching out to a friend? Reaching out. The, the guy reaching out. Yes. The dad reaching out but to I mean, Because, I mean, you're not, you're not saying that, hey... Do you have time for a call? I really need help. Because that's, I think that's like the stigma. Like people are afraid to admit they need help. Okay. So maybe you don't want to admit it. Okay. So you just text. Because my, my friends are, and I are not good at answering the phone. Yeah. Unless there's a text ahead of time. Unless it's like a, hey, you around? Yeah. Got time for a call? Sweet. Yeah. It will call. Yeah. Well, I think that's good too, because if you can lead with a, I really could use a chat in whatever bro language you want to use, yeah. but like your your friend on the other end will pick up on like, oh, this Bounce guy, some ideas. this guy needs to talk right now. Like, let me make some oh, yeah. time to yeah. catch this phone call. And I've I picked up the phone, and you know, I thought it was gonna be a quick five minute chat, but they really needed to talk about some stuff, so I, I was there for it. Yeah. So asking for help. So it doesn't always have to be asking for help. Yeah. It can be as simple as hey. You want to grab a, a beer real quick. Yeah. Says so the guy who never goes to grab a beer, but yeah. <laughs> Good grab, example. Grab a coffee before 2.30, because if he drinks it after 2.30, he'll be up all night. I think it's but good. But if you can ask for help, if you can do it, good for you. Yeah. Yeah, I had said in the same post about, you know what, like, we need to release any shame about, one, asking for help, two, receiving for help, and three, outsourcing and paying for help, if it will help you. Like, there's no shame in that. Like... Nobody in real life is juggling, like, both parents working, children, or child, just one even, and 
life and taking care of yourself. Oh, and keeping your house clean and staying up yeah. on your laundry yeah, these, and your grocery these, shopping. Like, that's not happening. These social media families are all, they all have hope. Yeah. Yeah. Or they have one corner of their house that looks beautiful and clean and the rest is a disaster. Like, we, we're living in the real world here. Photoshop. Yeah. And if you need to, you know, we are very, very much in love with the idea of outsourcing house cleaning because it is not our jam. It is not something we enjoy. Yeah, it's just not a strong... We always will do it one weekend and say, all right, we're going to keep it up a little bit every day, and we never do. We're going to maintain, and then we panic clean, you know, at the last minute. So that's something that we're super looking forward to doing. Um, We are pausing because I am (laughs) more available right now. (laughs) Um, But, you know, we have no shame around it. Like, we have no shame around outsourcing that thing and childcare. If you just need a break, like, you know, whatever whatever it's all good so yeah and i have no doubt if something was happening with emerson and we just had enough of her we could (laughs) text the neighbor like hey can she come over and play with your son and vice they've done it with us and vice versa and we have no problem with it they they play well together they're friends yeah and i i I don't count how many times one's been over the other house right it just works yeah i mean you can Admit to yourself you need help, but admitting to somebody else, uh, somebody else you need help is pro- might not be your jam. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I mean, is there anything else you want to add? It You've warmed up a little bit, which is good. Um, you don't look quite as uncomfortable as you did a few minutes ago. But... Uh... I guarantee you I feel as uncomfortable. As <laughs> oh, it's funny because I'm getting used to this after doing a few of these, but... Uh his discomfort is wearing off on me because it's not organic. Like we're really our organic, like deep conversations are so good. But I think, um, with father's day coming up, it was a good chance to pull in a male perspective and, you know, someone who could back up my bullshit that I'm not just like spewing this nonsense, you know, like it does actually work. It works for us. Might not work for everybody. I would Say, give it a go if you think it might work for you. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree. Give it a go. We talked about spouses and how we take care of one another by allowing each other time and space for meeting their own needs. But, like, we could do better at the spouse piece. I think it's hard because we have a toddler. 100% we could. Uh, Um, we, We were doing lunch dates for a while. And that was, what, once every two, three weeks? We were trying to do that. We would both, you know, take our lunch because we both were, well, <laughs> we worked both remotely when I was still gainfully employed, um, but we would take a lunch break and we would go run, mm-hmm. you know, somewhere nearby where we could go have lunch in an hour, you know, and come back. Like you said, we have, I would say late night conversations, but, you know, the kids go down and, you know, maybe it's. A night that I'm not going to wake up at stupid o'clock and I, I'll stay up a little bit late and we'll have conversations or talk about the kids or how we're feeling. Yeah, but we have to be intentional about it because it's so easy to get sucked into whatever's on TV and also scrolling. Sitting beside each other and doing all these things, you're you're spending time together, but like you're not spending time together. So You're together individually. Yeah, you you're sharing a space, but yeah. So just... I think intentionality is huge with all of these pieces and just really trying to be mindful um, and be as present as possible. This doesn't count as a date, though, so. Great. Oh, I will say, um, like, we had, like, this childcare, like, kind of mental block about, you know, like, hiring, like, paid help for childcare. And we, we, you talked about the neighbor briefly. We, we were... So lucky that we have amazing neighbors. Um, Second time that this has happened to us, we also had amazing, amazing, amazing neighbors that became like family when we lived in North Carolina. But we're very fortunate that we've hit it off with the people across the street. But I I was like, I guess we need to find a babysitter. Like, we need to get realistic. We need to find a babysitter. And she was like, check the, the people that work at your daycare. You know, and where we were at before in North Carolina, they were like, do not ask employees to babysit. It is a conflict of interest. You can both get in trouble, blah, blah, blah. But um, we reached out to the infant teachers, a couple of the infant teachers that um, that Everly had. And they were like, hell yes. Without a doubt. And then, I mean, for us, you know, where they're at, the chain has a very good reputation uh, regionally here. And... Um, we know that everyone is vetted and background checked and, you know, a lot of these younger teachers are like in 
early education um, paths, like at the at the college level mm-hmm. and things like that. So, um, and and then we knew them from you know Everly interacting with them, and yeah. you know that Everly was fond of them. So we got both of their numbers and have connected, and we've not used them. But you know that. Your child knows them. Your child is comfortable with them. You know that they've been vetted. You know, you still want to take your same precautions that you would take with anybody. But, like, at least you're, you've are you got a starting point of somebody that um, isn't a stranger and knows your children uh, or your child. So, and then we know, too, that if she can handle four to five infants at a time, like, she can definitely handle a six-year-old and, and our toddler. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been fun. Thank you for stepping out of your comfort zone. And, uh... You know, I think that's where the magic lies is right outside of where it comes from. So, um, yeah, he's not on social. He's not, you know, you're you're not going to be able to find him to follow him. Sorry, he's not here for it. But <laughs> he may make a cameo every now and again on my on my Instagram. But, yeah, yeah, he's the, the guy behind the scenes here holding it all together and uh, supporting all of our dreams. So we're so grateful to him. And uh, my cheeks hurt because... I truly mean it. I'm truly grateful for him. And um, this life that we built is great. Uh, so, yeah. So, happy early Father's Day. And, and thank you for being uncomfortable. And Thanks for having me. <laughs> I'll let you get back to life now. And <laughs> I really hope you enjoyed this episode and the opportunity to hear the male perspective on our self-spouse spawn theory and how it has helped us stay balanced in marriage and in parenthood. Thanks again, Ryan. I know that was super uncomfortable and uh, I appreciate your vulnerability. Here are today's key takeaways. One, successful partnerships don't keep score, but instead help each other in balancing their needs. Two, tend to self by building in space and time for decompression from the workday and to transition into the family portion of your day. This is especially important if you work from home as it can easily bleed into home life if you let it. Consider giving remote work its own dedicated space in your home. Three, communication is key and that includes communicating your needs. Ask for help if you need it. Four, try different strategies to make self, spouse, spawn work for your family. It doesn't have to look the same from one family to the next, but the foundation of putting your oxygen mask on first is so important. Prioritizing yourself isn't always easy, but it is always worth it. And lastly, remembering to take into account, will this matter tomorrow? Will this matter in a week? Oftentimes, it's just not that serious. Thanks again for joining me today. I hope you found some tidbits to potentially incorporate into your own lives. Until next time, come hang out with me over on Instagram or on Facebook at Having a Mom Moment. And if you're interested in sharing your motherhood journey, I'd love to hear it. Or if you're knowledgeable in a space that's helpful for moms, I'd love to hear from you as well. Please fill out the guest application form in the show notes so we can get connected. If no one has told you today, you are amazing, you are loved, and I am so proud of the badass that you are. Bye, mama.